Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Wednesday, the 19th day of July and the 200th of the year 2023. In the year 64, the Great Fire of Rome ignites. It will burn for nine days, destroying nearly two-thirds of the ancient city. The causes are still debated. Of course, there is little new evidence. Some claim Nero ordered the fire set in a move to allow him to rebuild the city according to his plans, which included a new palace complex. Nero tended to place blame on the Christians, which were gaining influence in the city and empire. The third account was it was purely an accidental fire. No matter the cause, Nero got to rebuild the city, and the first wave of persecution was leveled against the Christians. There was no record of gospel preaching directly in Rome at the time. It's believed that Paul wrote the epistle to the Roman believers early in the year 56. He will arrive in Rome in the year 60 and preaches there for two years while under house arrest. It's doubtful he was in the city at the time of the fire. The Scots and English are warring in 1333. The whole island is rather small. If you were to overlay a map of the United Kingdom on the United States, Dover in the far southeast would be at Atlanta. The far southwest corner would not reach Jackson, Mississippi. Nashville, Tennessee would be in the Midlands of England. Scotland would lie almost entirely in the state of Illinois, with Chicago north of the Orkney Islands. Yet the region has had diverse influences and loyalties over the past two millennia. The British in North America signed a treaty with the Iroquois Confederation in 1701, ceding much of their lands north of the Ohio River to the Europeans. The Iroquois were typically more to the northeast, and the region was occupied by other tribes also. The North American landscape was quite diverse in terms of people prior to the arrival of Europeans. While the Iroquois were in the northeast, they were surrounded by the Algonquin on all sides. The two groups had vastly different languages and cultures. Samuel Colt is born in 1814. He's known for his revolver. 1843, the SS Great Britain is launched. It is the first ocean-going vessel with an iron hull and a screw propeller. It's also the largest vessel at the time. Just like Rome, large-scale fires were common until the 20th century. In 1845, New York City has its last large one. The loss of life was relatively low, but almost 350 buildings burnt. Most of the Civil War occurred on Confederate soil. The exceptions were few. The Battle of Gettysburg was one. The Battle of Antietam in Maryland would be another, but Maryland was more of a border state. Kentucky had quite a bit of fighting, but again was a border state. In 1863, Confederate Cavalier John Hunt Morgan crosses the Ohio River on July 8th and conducts an 11-day cavalry raid across Indiana and Ohio. On this day, he is captured in Ohio, attempting to cross back into Kentucky. Effects of the raid are debated, and Morgan was off the rails and had been ordered directly not to cross the Ohio River. Charles Mayo is born in 1865 in Rochester, Minnesota. Mayo, his brother, and a group of doctors formed the now-famous Mayo Clinic. There was a lot going on in the animated film industry in the 1930s. Disney was cutting his teeth, but he was not alone. Max Flesher was born in 1883 near the present-day city of Krakow, Poland. Flesher was a significant player in the early days of animation. 
His studios were responsible for the Betty Boop cartoons and bringing Popeye the Sailor out of the newspaper funnies and onto the silver screen. Flesher Studios was taken over by Paramount, who produced the Popeye cartoons of the 1950s. The studios were broke, but mostly due to bad contract terms with Paramount. Robert Todd Lincoln Beckwith was born in 1904. He was the great-grandson of President Lincoln. When he died in 1985, he was believed to be the last direct descendant of the president. While we're discussing animation, Arthur Rankin Jr. was born in 1924. Rankin joined with Jules Bass to produce the stop-motion classics Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Rankin Bass also produced the animated version of The Hobbits in the late 1970s. We've talked of the rigid airships that were tried in the early days of aviation. On this day in 1934, the Navy's USS Macon makes a surprise mail delivery to the USS Houston, proving the potential for airships to track surface vessels. You cannot talk about 70s music without including the Eagles. Bernie Ledden is 76 today. A native of Minneapolis, he was the last of the original members to join the band. He was with the group until 1975, which included most of their popular songs. He was replaced by Joe Walsh. Prior to the Eagles, he was part of a bluegrass band known as the Scottsdale Squirrel Barkers and joined Chris Hillman in the Flying Burrito Brothers. When I look at the cross-pollination of groups in the 60s and 70s, it is always amazing. Actor Anthony Edwards is 61. His first major break was in the original Top Gun, where he was a strong supporting actor to Tom Cruise's Rio flying in the back seat. No, it was not a co-pilot, as there are no flight controls in the back seat of an F-14 or F-18 for that matter. He's been certified as a private pilot since 2012, but he made his money in eight seasons as Dr. Mark Green on the medical drama series ER. After requesting to be written out of the series, he has raised his family and remained mostly out of the public eye. Some scenes of him from the original Top Gun were featured in the sequel, but he did not have a credit line. That's what happens when your character gets killed in the first one. Looking over the credits from the sequel, it appears that Cruz and Val Kilmer were the only original flight crews to return. That makes some sense. A lieutenant in 1984 would have been approaching the 40-year career mark. By that time, you've made Admiral or are out. There were a lot of small steps in the development of aviation. In 1963, it's spaceflight that's getting the attention. Joe Walker flies the X-15 rocket airplane hybrid to an altitude of 62 miles, considered the edge of space. A few weeks later, he will fly it to 67 miles in altitude. The Kennedy family, which gave us one president, a candidate, and a possible contender for the 2024 Democrat nomination, are known to be very good at playing politics especially Patriarch Joseph. Youngest son, Ted Kennedy, spent decades in the U.S. Senate and might have made a run for the executive office, except for an incident that happened on this day in 1969. While returning from a party he hosted for staff of his brother Robert's ill-fated presidential campaign, the vehicle he was driving left the roadway and plunged into a tidal pool. Kennedy escaped while a passenger remained in the vehicle and died. Kennedy failed to report the accident in a timely manner. 
Known as the Chappaquiddick Incident, it has raised a lot of controversy and questions that remain unanswered. The two most prominent were how drunk might the 34-year-old have been and why did he have a young staffer in his car late at night. The first GPS signal was transmitted and received by an Earth station in 1977. The French president reveals to President Reagan they have evidence the Russians have been stealing American technology for years. This is in 1981. About the same time, there was a story in Trains magazine discussing American steam locomotives in Cuba. They featured a picture of a Russian-built diesel engine. It was reported the Russian machine was a copy of an American model, down to the casting marks on the engine block. This could open a very long discussion of any new research development. The first person, company, or entity to develop anything has a much harder time and expense than the second. That's history and comment for the 19th day of July. I'm Doug Terrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.